Hello and welcome to BJGP Interviews. My name is Ewan Lawson and I'm the editor of the BJGP. In this episode, we talk to Dr. Christo Karuna, who is a senior lecturer at Monash University in Australia. And the paper is Prevalence of Burnout Amongst General Practitioners is Systematic Review and Meta-Analysis. So now we know burnout is a problem in healthcare, and this study looked at the global burden of the condition amongst GPs. I started by asking Christo to tell us a little bit more about what he means by burnout in this paper and how they defined it. So basically, um, you know, the way we define burnout in the study is the um, inability uh, to cope with chronic psychological stress at, at work uh, due to the perception that there are insufficient resources to cope with job demands. So it's really a perception by the individual concern. And if you look at resources, some examples of resources would be a support network, autonomy that the GP has, the work-life balance aspect of it. In terms of the demands, you could talk about workload, uh, relationships that GP has with others, which could be problematic, and the focus on profitability. And this is kind of consistent with the um, definition used by the World Health Organization who recognized burnout as a medical condition in 2019. Yeah, relatively recently, um, given how much we've known about it. What kind of dimensions, and I know that you use the Maslach burnout inventory for this particular review, what kind of dimensions does that does it capture? Yeah, I mean, we, we, we wanted to focus on the Maslach burnout inventory because the most widely used uh, instrument to measure burnout, and that instrument basically captures um, three dimensions. The first one is emotional exhaustion. Second one is depersonalization. And the third one is a, a feeling of reduced personal accomplishment. And, um, and some studies also uh, use an overall burnout measure, which they measure using you know, one or more dimensions of these different uh, dimensions of burnout. Now, there's been plenty of research into burnout, but we don't think, we believe this might be the first review of particularly into a global review of uh, burnout amongst general practitioners across the world. Perhaps this might be the time for to start telling us what you found, well, how many papers, how many countries, and we will start getting into the results. Yeah, I mean, um, there, there have been a few reviews that have been conducted on um, physician burnout across different specialties. And some of the surveys there alluded to the fact that um, physicians who work in uh, in specialties that deal with people, so people-centered specialties faced um, reported high burnout. And I thought it was kind of interesting, as you correctly pointed out, there was uh, no study that was done globally. And we thought that that was really important given that, and especially in recent times, uh, burnout amongst GPs has been on uh, on the increase, especially for the post-COVID-19 environment has been especially bad. And we thought that it's, it's really important that we conduct a global uh, study on the burden of um, GP burnout. So that we want, once we estimate the prevalence of GP burnout, I think that'd be useful to uh, policymakers, um, practitioners, um, academics, et cetera, in terms of designing an intervention to address this, um, this syndrome. So essentially our, uh, what we did was we conducted a systematic review and a meta-analysis. We um, selected 60 studies um, through a you know, rigorous search procedure. Um, and these studies uh, covered 29 countries it comprised of 22,177 GPs, and the time period for the studies ranged from 1987 to 2020. 70% um, of the studies was conducted in Europe, 18.3% in Asia, with the remaining studies conducted in Africa, 
North American Oceana. And 70% of these studies used uh, the 22 item version of the MASLAC Burnout Inventory Human Sur uh, Services uh, Survey um, instrument, which is the most widely used uh, MASLAC burnout inventory version. Yeah, certainly it's well known, isn't it? So uh, give us a feel for, now it's a little bit difficult with this because obviously you've got a lot of different studies here, but give us a feel for what kind of numbers you came up with with the prevalence. Yeah, so essentially um, out of these 60 studies, we conducted a, uh, a quality appraisal uh, to assess the risk of bias. We selected 31 high quality studies for our meta-analysis. And the meta-analysis basically um, gave us a wide range from 6% to 32% burnout. So that is kind of remarkable, we thought, because that shows that not only did we find wide variation in demographic data, but there was also um, you know, wide variation in the burnout cutoffs used uh, and the estimates reported across these studies. What was also especially interesting is that we found some evidence that there may be country-specific factors as uh, potential determinants of why there's variation um, in the uh, burnout prevalence across, um, across different studies. So this alludes to the, the possibility that cultural factors or the primary care system uh, in the country may be a, um, a big influence on, on how burnout is perceived within that country. We also found out that um, um, moderate overall burnout cutoffs influence the variation in moderate burnout estimates. So burnout, the, the cutoffs you used also had a role to play in how burnout was, was estimated. And interestingly, we found that the more restricted the criterion used, the lower the prevalence estimate reported. Some studies characterized burnout as being unidimensional or bidimensional. Others characterized burnout as being multidimensional. And then to, to add to this ambiguity, we found that so while some studies partition burnout into high, moderate, or low uh, burnout, others use labels such as severe, high, extreme, full burnout, complete burnout to denote high burnout. So you can see there's a lot of variation in terms of how burnout is characterized and operationalized across these studies. That's what we found. And uh, despite using um, one instrument, the MASLAC Burnout Inventory Human Social Services Survey, and focusing on only one specialty, which is general practice, it's remarkable as to how much variation we found, um, you know, in, in terms of our, uh, you know, estimates across studies. So what we basically concluded from this study is that overall we found that there's moderate to high GP burnout exists worldwide. There's substantial variations in how burnout is characterized and operationalized, um, which resulted in probably likely influenced the heterogeneity in GP burnout prevalence estimates across these studies. And um, one important conclusion from this is that it highlights the challenge of developing a uniform approach to how you characterize and operationalize burnout. It also highlights, therefore, the importance of considering the GP's work context to better characterize burnout. Really interesting. And the country-specific bit is particularly interesting, isn't it? One wonders if it's even possible with this kind of variation in cultural factors to come up with a single operationalized definition or kind of um, of way that we, we characterize burnout. And in fact, it may need to be considered at a country level more than anything to take into account the different primary care systems and the GPs work within. Yes, yes, I think so. I think that's I think an important implication of our studies is that we found that very so much the context 
probably does matter. And I think that uh, in, in terms of, you know, potentially interventions that can be designed, I think an important uh, implication of our study is that I think you need to consider interactions that GPs could uh, have with either the practice or the system. Uh, cultural factors, I think, are important uh, considerations as well. The, the different cultures across different countries, maybe even in, within an organization, the different organized the practice, the practice culture may be an important influence as well. The primary care system as well across different countries could be an important uh, consideration in designing an intervention to address GP burnout. And I think that uh, an important, uh, another important implication of our study is that I think interventions um, need to basically uh, consider, address the heightened, um, what we would call the VUCA, the volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity associated with the post-COVID-19 healthcare environment and differences in how this the pandemic has evolved uh, across different countries. But by, you know, in doing that, I think an important couple of um, features that need to be considered in designing the intervention is the resilience and the agility, uh, whether it be in terms of systems and or individuals. Yeah, I, I think that's a very good point. I, I'm I, I'm more interested personally. I'm, I'm more. I, I feel that there's more mileage in the looking at the systems, perhaps than the individuals. It's far too certainly. It's far too easy to put the blame. It's just something else for GPs to feel they have to do. Is one of the um, quotes we had from a qualitative paper on resilience in the BJGP last year. Yes. That they're just supposed to be resilient, and it then becomes an individual responsibility. But as you've described there very well. There's so many factors within the systems, within the cultures that are so important. And a lot of variation, as you say there, I can think of practices just within a 20-mile radius of where I'm sitting who have very different cultures that promote or um, protect against burnout it just within, as I say, within a very small area, within exactly the same, you know, ostensibly exactly the same healthcare system. Yeah, I mean, I certainly agree with you. I think, uh, I think an important starting point is the system. I think the system within which practices and or individuals operate is certainly an important starting point. Um, and I think an important extension to that, maybe in a, another component to that is the fact that it's not just the system by itself, but how different individuals interact with that system. For example, you might work really well. You might perceive no burnout at all within that system. And I might per perceive that system be, be quite harmful and problematic. So again, so this is where the interaction between the individual and the system per se, I think it's an important thing that our prior research hasn't done a lot of work in. And I think that's where the intervention needs to be uh, focusing on um, a combination of interaction rather between the system and the individual, maybe the practice thrown in there as well. That, that seems very wise and very sensible to me. And I can think of an immediate example of that in the pandemic that some GPs relish the total triage kind of model that we move towards at times. Um, and some GPs absolutely hated it. And there was a very, there was exactly. a very different, and, you know, and for some it would have made their, it would have exposed them significantly to increased risk of burnout. Perhaps the final thing to do is just to get you to, a few words on COVID and burnout, particularly for GPs. I think it's especially important. I mean, uh, this, I mean, I mean, burnout, the issue of burnout was, was increasing over a while, for, for a long time. As I mentioned to you at the start, and you define burnout as being perception, that kind of you know speaks to what we just discussed. It is, a, after all, a perception, how you perceive the system and how you perceive 
the resources in place could be very different to how I perceive. So the, the need to consider those two. And I'm, especially right now in, in, in the current environment that we work in and probably going out into the future, I think the importance of the GP becomes even more heightened. I mean, the GP as being the first port of call um, to better healthcare couldn't be even more couldn't be more important than, than what we're facing right now. And hence, given that there's going to be the workload is not going to decrease anytime soon, addressing how the individuals perceive the workload, for example, if I was just to you know, highlight or touch on workload and the system, if that can be, I mean, I think the next step forward is that there can be a closer alignment between the values, for example, if I was just throw values between the GP's values and the values of the system and or the practice, that I think if that, if you can just narrow down the mismatch per se, I think that'd be one large step forward in the post-COVID-19 environment that we um, are going to be operating under, the healthcare environment, that's going to be one step forward. When the GP realizes that his or her values are being considered by the practice or this and system, that's when you step, you feel that you're going to be supported, that you have the autonomy, and that's going to increase the resource, the, the equation in the right direction, the resources, or rather the perceived resources are going to be much higher than the perceived demands on the individual. Christo, it's a it's a, an excellent systematic review meta analysis, really valuable, and adds an awful lot to the um, our understanding around this, and um, lots of areas to explore for the future. And it's so important to protect the GP workforce from burnout. Um, I'm incredibly grateful. Thank you very much. Great, thank you. Thank you very much for listening to this BJGP podcast. The original research papers and articles can be found at BJGP. Org. The show notes and podcast audio can be found at bjgplife.com. Do share if you've enjoyed it. Subscribe via all the usual places, including Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, or your podcaster of choice. Thanks again. <laughs>